0: Hello and welcome to Euro Trips Across the Pod. I am your host, Andy, and I'm joined this week by one returning guest, in Fred from the Third and Gold podcast. How are you, mate?
1: I'm very good, Andy. Yourself?
0: Yeah, good. Even better after um, you know our game on Sunday. We'll get more into it later on, but um, I woke up on Monday very, very happy with the result.
1: Yeah, I don't know. We don't have to cover that one if you don't want to, Andy. I'm pretty happy to cover all the others, but um no, we,
0: we, we will cover it, we will cover it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no, I think there's a lot a lot of positives for us as well. I think with Mac and I think Mac did very well. I'm sure we'll come on to that later. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, it's not the not the be all and end all from our perspective and a good win for, for you guys, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so when we last spoke to you, we found out why you support the Patriots. Uh, now the season started, I want to find out from you, Fred, um, how do you watch your NFL Sundays? Do you watch on Sky Sports? Do you watch it on Red Zone? Do you have Game Pass? How do you, how does your Sunday sort of take place when you watch the NFL?
1: Yes, yeah, so I do a bit of everything, really. So like, uh, I'm just so excited to have football back on Sunday that the, um, in all honesty, what I did was have a game on the laptop and the Sky game on, uh, at the same time, and then I'd flip between the um, I'd flip between the two, really, depending on what was going on. I mean, I think on Sunday, I watched loads of the Jets, I watched loads of the Eagles. Um, I watched loads of... Um, well, yeah, mostly Jets and Eagles at 6pm, along with the Steelers' Bills. So um, I, I'd like to say I'd watch Red Zone alongside it usually, but it depends on the games. If there's some two games I'm really interested in, I've got two different games, one on Sky, one on uh, Game Pass.
0: Yeah, that's a thing. I think sometimes uh Sometimes guys have games where it's a bit like, oh, I could watch it, I couldn't, but I think sometimes there's, like there will be that case in week four when Patriots play Buccaneers, not sure what time of day that is, but there's certain games, isn't there, where everyone wants to watch certain games? Oh, yeah, yeah. For me, it's actually my first year paying for for Game Pass, so I've never, I've always either borrowed mates or just watched Red Zone or just watched Guy, but for the, for the first time ever, I've bought Game Pass for this season, so I had 6 o'clock I had purely Red Zone on, and then when it turned to our game at 9, I had um on the on the TV the uh, game pass and then on um my on the on my on my iPad I had the um red zone as well so it's um
1: worth kind of every penny to... worth every penny. a load oh, really? loaded the Jags as well actually and that was uh, thinking that'd be really exciting Jags Texans and it was just actually the reality of what it was was quite poor football as well.
0: I yeah to... I mean um Lawrence obviously had three interceptions, three touchdowns, but I mean the some of the throws he made he, Some of the inceptions were were terrible throws, but he made some exceptional throws at the same time. So I do think that he's just going to take time to adapt by anyone. And I think that he's shown enough signs for me that he is good enough.
1: I think I think as well, you look at, you know, in terms of, you know, he has probably got the biggest upside out of all the mm. rookie QBs. I think in terms of who's more ready week one, because of the simplicity of his game, was Matt Jones, because he, he keeps things very simple. He's not trying to do too much. He's not, you know, he's not renowned for trying to make special things happen. But he's renowned in college for being very, very competent and very good at what he does and you know, plays very much within his limits. So actually, in terms of, from our point of view, I was really happy that we had him slotting in week one because, you know, obviously the long-term upside of Lawrence is probably greater than what Matt Jones is, of course. But mm. if he was starting week one Patriots, I don't know that things would have be been drastically different from his week one Jags performance. Do you know what I mean? Even though in the longer term, things might be better.
0: Yeah, and I think that, for me, Lawrence, he's obviously a victim of his own success. That It happens for a lot of people who are first overall pick. You look at Joe Burrow last year as well, that, um, often the reason why I again pick first is because the team's not very good. So I do think that. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is why sometimes it's actually better to be picked. I think twentieth than it is first because mm. uh, look at Ben Mothasberger for example. He was taken by a very good team in the Steelers. Whereas people like you know Philip Rivers was taken by a not great Charger side. And I think it just matters. I think sometimes you know a player can only really do so much as they can really. And I think that um it doesn't matter where you land really, with where, him, where you end up so i think for, well, Burrow, on that for point, lawrence it's just going to be tough for them unless the team's drastically change their own lines it's just going to be tough
1: on that point i mean i think donald looks about forty thousand times better than he ever did with the jets
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah. with the panthers and obviously having cmc helps of course it does because massive... <laughs> yeah. you know that's as good as throwing 15 yard completion isn't it a lot of the time yeah. you know what i mean but like um you know he looked so much are so much more comfortable in that Panthers... yeah, Panthers line then, um than he ever did with the Jets. And then I was watching Zach Wilson. It was almost like a, a sliding doors moment in that, you know, Wilson was, you know, getting sacked. He was getting chased. He was, you know, to throw the ball under pressure and all this sort of stuff a lot of the time. And it was just like watching Donald. I mean, you probably watched a lot of Donald as well. He's in our division. Um, you know, I know I felt when donald has been given the opportunity to be OK, he's been OK. And I think he could be quite a good quarterback. But you just feared the same thing was going to happen to Wilson. He's going to find himself three years of... Uh, three years of a, a poor jet side, and then wondering what he's going to do with himself maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got the lucky fortunate bit that um Donald had in that. He hasn't got any absolute moron in um Adam Gates. Adam head coach. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he's got someone who's saying like, Obviously, no one knows where, whether Salah's going to be a good head coach yet but I think, you look at the way he was in San Francisco as a defensive coordinator, he seems to get the players and the players seem to respect him. So I do think mm. that it's that sort of thing. I think that, a bit like Flores and Eds, I think sometimes Someone who has respected the player, someone who has got the good man management skills, can often take a team to, to better than they, they are technically on paper. So I do think that, yeah, that their path, a few yeah. things, if you Adam Gates kept this job, then I think I'd fear for him a lot more. But I think Salah he seems to have his head screwed on. So I, I do think that he'll 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 do well. Um but, but whether it's better than Lawrence or Trey Lance or Fields, I, I don't know yet. Um but this podcast we will do a review of NFL every week. So this is our review of week one of the NFL season. Good to have her back. Um, now, the, the first week ended with a thriller between the, the Ravens and the um, and the Raiders in the first game with fans at the new Las Vegas Allegiant Stadium. Um, the Raiders ended up winning in overtime. I think it was 34-27. Um, and it was um, an exceptional atmosphere. I don't know what you thought, Fred, but it was an amazing atmosphere, I thought. Um, and the Raiders thought they'd won the game with a, um, with, with, with an overtime throw um, to Tyrell Williams before it got brought back after all the fans, all the players were mental, players were on the pitch. And then the, the Raiders, Derek Carr threw an interception on the, in the end zone before, um, in the end... Uh, the, the Mar Jackson was tackled for a fumble. Ravens kicked the ball and then they scored a winning touchdown um, afterwards. So, that was the end of the week. Um, now, we'll go back to right at the start of the week. Thursday night football, season opener between the Dallas Cowboys and the Buccaneers. This was one of the best games of the whole weekend. Mm. Uh, Buccaneers ended up winning 39-29 thanks to a la- last-minute field goal. Um, in terms of the game itself, Dak Prescott was very impressive with his 403 yards. Tom Brady with 379 yards, both um, Tom Brady threw for four touchdowns. Uh, Brescott for, threw, for, threw for three. In terms of the rushing game, neither team really had any luck. I mean, 33 yards from the uh, Elliot, 32 yards from four net. It was a receiving yard where it really was impressive. Mario Cooper had 100, 139 yards from 13 receptions and two touchdowns. CD Lamb had seven receptions for one touchdown and 104 yards. And um, where Antonio Brown had 121 yards and one touchdown, Uh, Rob Gronkowski had 90 yards and two touchdowns, and Chris Godwin had 105 yards and one touchdown. Um, Yeah, I thought it was a really impressive game. Uh, What did you think of the game, uh, Fred?
1: Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it's full of good news stories, wasn't it? Let's be realistic about this. You know, I think Dak Prescott performing how he did, having not thrown a ball in pre-season, you know, to take them to within two points of beating that Buck side, which I think are absolutely superb, um, is something else. You know, I think also... For Antonio Brown as well, you know he's had plenty of off-field issues, and things seemed to be a bit better for him last season. And things seem to um, improve, and and for him to put in 121 yards receiving on, you know, on week one is um, is absolutely massive, and uh, you know I'm really pleased for. For those guys, I think also what it showed you in terms of, you know, particularly watching that game. And compare it to the Super Bowl, not in the sense of the importance, because it wasn't as important as the Super Bowl, obviously. But what you have got is a very tight game. And who does Tom Brady go to in those tight games? He goes to Rob Gronkowski. You saw it in the playoffs. You saw it in the Super Bowl in the big plays. Gronk's there to catch the ball. And, you know, I think you look at the way Tampa used Gronk last year and he was used relatively sparingly um, at times but they needed something big, and then it's big 87 there to catch the ball. Um, you know, I think from a Cowboys perspective, you're almost a little disappointed despite how well they played, and I think actually there's loads more positives than negatives uh, for them. You, you look at, um, you know, you're as good as EQL Elliott performance away from probably winning that game. Uh, yes. You know, 11 carries for 33 yards. You know, this discussion rambled on and on and on last year in terms of he's on the big contract, we need big numbers. Well, even semi-good numbers yesterday would have... Um, and yesterday, so on Thursday night would have seen him through, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think that with um with with the Dallas Cowboy, I think that Prescott looked so comfortable. You if you watched this game and didn't realise that he had that long of injury, you wouldn't have thought it, would you? He looked so comfortable, it looked like he hadn't been away. Um I mean I've always been sort of, you know, I've always thought he was maybe overrated. I've always been sort of um a doubter of Prescott, but I think this game showed to me that actually he showed me in, in a big game, he showed he could compete with Tom Brady, he showed and then there's, one, there's one play where he looked like he's going to fall over and then he got back up on his feet and threw a touchdown to Cooper with a really precise pass. So I do think that he, to me, because everyone mentioned his passing yards last season, that he's projected to do this when he hadn't actually done these yards. But I think for me, he looked every bit as good as he did last year. And I think he looked exceptional. And I think for the Buccaneers, this is why they're going to go far this year again, is because to have Antonio Brown as your third or fourth choice wide receiver is just that's like he's for years he's the best wide receiver in the league he was probably bound to be hall of fame before his off off the field troubles and i do think that to have someone like him as your third choice is just a difference where some teams just have one star wide receiver where they have brown they have godwin they have mike Evans, they have even mm. ronkowski to throw to even giovanni bernard who showed only had two receptions but i think he even showed his abilities as a receiving back so mm. i think the buccaneers will be thereabouts but i think the cowboys definitely with the injury to Fitzpatrick in the Washington game, I think this could even more outweigh their sort of, uh, sort of emphasise their ch- winning chance to win the division. But also I think they showed in these big games, they compete in these big games and they showed that, um, forget to the playoffs, that they could easily compete with the likes of the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Rams, etc.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, in all honesty, I think they'll win that division. I've said that all along, it's that pre-season. I think the Eagles were surprisingly impressive. Um, You know, I, talk about that game later, I guess, but I think the Cowboys, just their high-powered offence and something I'd be interested in, because the, their issues were I mean, you look at the first five, six weeks of last year before Dak's injury, they scored they scored a lot of points, but they conceded a lot of points as well, and that was the real kicker for them because, um, you know, their, their inability to defend, and they've <laughs> They kept Tampa in a tight game down to 31 points. You know, 31 points, you're not necessarily running away pleased with that. But is this a Dallas side that would have conceded 45 points against Tampa last year? That's probably a question we'll find out the answer to in the next two or three weeks when things get a little bit easier than the Super Bowl champions. But... They're so well set up on offense, all the weapons they've got. If they don't win that division, um, then something's wrong. I think, realistically, the only team that can challenge him are Washington. Mm. Although, you know, we're now looking at Heineke and all that sort of stuff um, and what comes with that. But he was okay in the playoff game he had to play last year. I don't know, we'll see. I I think think Cowboys are probably going to walk away with that division, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've only got a small amount of tape on Heineke. But I think when he came on for Fitzpatrick, I think he looked all right. And I think he looked all right in the game against the Buccaneers in the, in the Wild Card rounds. I think he did, he did look fairly impressive, albeit a small game time. We'll see how it goes over the whole season. But I do think you've got, you've got Gibson, you got McKissick, you've got McLaurin, you've got Curtis Samuel, you've got Adam Humphreys. You've got obviously an amazing defence, particularly the defensive line. So I do think that defence can win washington games where i don't think the cowboys defense can um so the interesting one i think for me whoever wins the division games will she knows to will win a division but a third nfc t- nfc east team t- NFC East team sorry um, may have something to say about that um the eagles beat the Atlanta Falcons 32-6 on sunday um mm. and you told me before we started recording fred that you actually watched this game um so how, how did you how did this game go
1: of course, loads of it, yeah. I think um, yeah, the first two drivers were really deceptive, weren't they, for the Falcons? Um, the two yeah, relatively good drives coming away at six points, and then it all fell apart. I mean, the Eagles, actually, for me, the Eagles grew into the game, and yes, the Falcons made silly errors, they gave away penalties, but um, it was actually a very competent performance from a team that I'm not very high on whatsoever. And um, I think Hurts was excellent. There's so many question marks, so much pressure on Jalen Hurts as well. And, you know, you can argue, well, he's got the job for a year, but actually I think the attitude of a lot of fans, probably outside of maybe Eagles fans, and I think probably the attitude of a lot of Eagles fans realistically as well, is that he's on borrowed time because two things happen. Hurts turns out to be brilliant and he's a second round pick when he last year. Mm Hurts turns out to be brilliant. He keeps the job and then you've got your franchise quarterback. Or, you know, they haven't got a lot of options, uh, or as many options offensively as some, um, and their defence isn't great, supposedly, they kept the Falcons down six points, we'll come on to that, and, you know, they come out with two or three wins this year, and they go pick up a, you know, a new QB round one next year, do you know what I mean? So, in mm-hmm. a sense, it's almost sort of a win-win for them, even if they do have a bad season this year, but... They were so... Compos- you know, it was just ridiculous. and like, Particularly that fourth quarter. And I know the game was... Well, the game wasn't quite gone, to be honest, Still, quite late in the fourth quarter. But their defence got so big. And you've got to remember, this is Matt Ryan, this is Calvin Ridley. It's not, you know, you're not playing against uh, an offence trying to find itself. It's fairly well established, but Julio Jones not being there? And, you know, he's quite injury-prone. He didn't play an awful lot last year. It's still a good offence. The Falcons, the questions around the Falcons are all around the defence, really, for me. Although, probably, this has raised a few. Um, I don't know. I was really, really, really impressed by the Eagles and I didn't expect mm. to be whatsoever. My best friend's an Eagles fan and he was going mad. He said, it's not four wins anymore, it's 11. So, I don't know quite about that. But, <laughs> you know, it was really was very good. I think it would be interesting to see if it's a false dawn. But, you've got the other thing I'll point on as well. Actually, what you got to remember is the Eagles were just their O-linemen were dropping like flyers last year. Um, and I was pleased to see Wentz do OK as an aside because, you know, he had no protection. And the same with um, Hurts as well, even when he came out. I think they, they beat the Saints last year because Hurts came in and surprised them. I think they planned for Wentz. All of a sudden, you had a dual threat quarterback and the Saints didn't really know what to do. I think that's probably why they won that game, as good as Hurts was and as good as the Eagles were that day. But in general, um, you know, the, the O-line was a lot better because you had a fully fit own lineman, which makes a massive difference, you know, when you're down to second and third string, which they were for large parts, you know, Wentz was getting beat up last year and people forget a lot about that whilst they're so down on the Eagles. And, you know, it could be a little bit better than what we all, um, what we all suspected it might be. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at these stats here, I mean, a lot of it was similar in terms of first downs was similar. Time of possession was very similar. The third and fourth down conversion was similar. Same with their amount of penalties. But the two crucial ones are different here. Philadelphia had 261 net pass. No, 434 total yards with Atlanta had 260 total yards. And then the biggest one, in terms of yard, they were um, Atlanta had sacked three times as many times as Philadelphia. And Philadelphia were sacked for three yards, whereas Atlanta were sacked three times for 28 yards. So I think, mm. for me, that shows the two crucial parts of this game. I mean, I was only watching on red zone, but you look at sort of the much more passing yards, much more yards in total, and much more yards lost being sacked. So I think that was a crucial thing you look at the overall offensive for Philadelphia and the o-line of atlanta for me that seems like a diff- the difference between the two teams uh and um i've defended the show that coombs in this podcast they're talking about how week one is always jumping to conclusions week so a lot of people <laughs> i think now especially with lack of season right, that that's all the, the offense the starters have a lot of the first weeks are like a preseason game this player's trying to get used to the system especially if it's new coordinators new head coaches etc so i do think that you look at all the Jaguars, they won last year, first game of the season, and they lost all the rest. So I do think we'll see over time across the season who really is good or who really is bad. But um in obviously in this game as well, Devonta Smith had led the game in receiving yards and had his first ever NFL touchdown. Um we mentioned the game before, but the Sam Darnold got revenge on his former team as the Panthers mm. beat the Jets in 1914, whereas the Bengals saw the first touchdown of the Joe Burrow era as the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Vikings 27-24. The Texans earned a somewhat surprise victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars, number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence had a mixed NFL debut with three touchdowns, three interceptions for Jacksonville. The Seahawks earned a 28-16 win in Indianapolis against the Colts and the Chargers earned a 20-16 road win against the Washington football team. Now, the next two games I want to discuss are between games between the 49ers and the Lions and games between the Cardinals and the Titans. Now, the 49ers beat the Lions 41-33, despite at one stage being 38-10 ahead. Um, Kyle Shanahan alternated between both quarterbacks, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, which has been a trend for this weekend. If you look at Brissett, you look at Justin Fields um, and Goff had a game of two halves as well. Gerald Goff, his first game with the Detroit Lions quarterback. In the first half, he threw for 93 yards and one touchdown and one interception before he threw for 246 yards, two touchdowns and zero interceptions in the second half. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance both threw for one touchdown each, but Garoppolo had all but one of the 26 attempted passes thrown for 314 yards and no interceptions um whereas uh, the four times rookie slash late round pick elijah mitchell led the game in rushing yards with the running back recording 104 yards and one touchdown with former packer and now lions running back jamal williams also recording one along with 49ers um jamakal hasty um in terms of wide receivers Debo samuel caught 189 yards for the 49ers with um TJ Hopkinson, tight ends TJ Hopkinson and George Kittle both recording ninety seven and seventy eight yards respectively. Now this game, for me, this game at one stage I didn't think we'd ever be talking about in too much detail because at one stage it was, it seemed over, it seemed really done. And then our fourth quarter hit, and the Lions really went for it. They, they forced turnover. I think they got an onside kick. I might be wrong, but that game really got me intrigued towards the end. And I think that, for me, this, this, this embedded. This all was. Um, I don't know what you think, Fred, but this showed, I mean, all showed in all offseason, we talk about Dan Campbell's press conference, how he wanted to bite kneecaps. But I think <laughs> we showed in this game, there is some fight in his Lions team. I mean, mm-hmm. they aren't going to win many games. They haven't got a great team. But I do think that there's some encouragement from this game. I mean, this could have been, you know, 49 could have dropped off and it could have been just them taking their foot off the gas. But I do think that I think Detroit through a lot of fight and I should think they showed a lot of golf the good in the second half. Um, and I think yeah, they look they look quite a good unit. So I, d- I, w- I don't know what you thought of this game, Fred. Did you think the Lions have encouragement, or do you think it was just the 49ers um, putting their foot off the gas?
1: No, no. I think there's uh, definitely some encouragement for the Lions. Like it's an interesting matchup these two quarterbacks for a start, because you actually got two quarterbacks again under a relative amount of pressure. Uh, starting with Jared Goff. I mean, obviously, you know how tight he was with Sean McVay at the Rams, and then all of a sudden McVay turns on him post uh post their sort of postseason exit last year and says well I don't know if I'll be our quarterback next year and I think having spent the last you know couple of years steadfastly defending Goff I think sort of at that point we all realized Goff's time was up and I, I think a lot of people felt his time was up probably from the middle of last year as well um you know and I think they had a very talented coach uh who had a very organized way of playing and um Goff probably wasn't the man to get the best out of his system so to come to the Lions who are undoubtedly a weaker side than the Rams but you, you do have weapons um and I think he did pretty well with what he had he, you know it wasn't it wasn't a perfect performance from Goff by any stretch of the imagination because he obviously didn't win the game but he's thrown for 338 yards and yes he had you know 57 completion attempts but he's still gone and put up some relatively big figures which he's shown he can do at times um you know, in terms of the Lions, yeah, you know, the ability to chase the game. Again, it's a really good San Francisco 49ers side. It's another side that's probably masked by their record last year. And their record last year certainly wasn't fantastic, but then you, the Kittle was out. Everyone seemed to drop drop down if you a 49ers. And, um, 49ers player, 49ers fan, it must have been very frustrating. And there was a lot of pressure on Jimmy G. And, uh, you know, he's gone, he's 17 out of 25 for 314 yards, one touchdown. But, you know, he's had a lot of help in the rushing game. I Mitchell, larger Mitchell there as well, hasn't he? So, um, you know, I'm a fan of Jimmy. I think actually Jimmy's biggest problem is, you know, he's made of glass and his ability to stay on the pitch. I think it's the... If he stays on the pitch, he can get these 49 certainly to the postseason, even in a very tough division. Um, which you know, the NFC West, I think, probably is the the best, most attractive league uh, division to watch. Um, but yeah, no, I don't. For me, his ability is not in question, in spite of you know what people say and the excitement around Trey Lance, and there is a lot of excitement around Trey Lance, and rightly so. But again, he's another one. He's put up a good performance, not not a great performance. You know, I wouldn't put him on the on a par in terms of performance this week, like, you know, like, Jen Hurt's put in a very good performance, but he has put in a good performance, very competent, he's, you know, taken him over the line with the support of people like, you know, Debo Samuel, Kittle Mm. and Elijah Mitchell, I think, you know, he he can run this offence and he suits this offence. Um, so, you know, for me, that was the interesting matchup, And Jimmy G and, and Jared Goff as well, to a lesser extent, probably done themselves no harm in their performances last week. But, yeah, you're, in answer to your overall question about the Lions, I think, yeah, I, I don't think they're a much fancied side. I think they've got a few good players on offence. I think there's questions around the defence and questions around the coach still. But, um, like you said, you know, this whole bite the kneecaps mentality. Well, it's all backed it up a little bit there, haven't they? 16 points in the mm. fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, I have always been a big backer of Jimmy Gopler. I think that whenever he's played, they've always mostly won. Um, but yeah, I think time will tell whether. And it's clear they want to replace him. They, they draft, they trade up to get Lance at three overall. So I do think his time is up soon. But I do think that in terms of this season, I think he might get a lot of game time because they don't want they don't want to rush Trey Lance too much in 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 his career. I think they want to make sure he's. He's fully ready for the NFL level, but until mm. this game, there were two big injuries coming out of this game. Uh, Raheem Mostert was placed on injury reserve and is out mm. for the first eight weeks of the season, uh, which is really good for my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> and then um, also, Jeff Okuda, the cornerback for the Lions, has also been ruled out for the whole season with a Achilles injury. Um, now the next game is one of the biggest shocks of the whole weekend. It was the Arizona Cardinals win over Tennessee Titans by thirty-eight points to thirteen. Uh, Kyler Murray's four touchdowns were three more than the one that Ryan Tannehill threw for. Julio Jones recorded just twenty-nine yards, only being targeted six times. But the biggest performer was Chandler Jones, the Cardinals linebacker, recorded five sacks as well as two forced fumbles. He recorded the most sacks in the season opener since nineteen ninety-eight. Now, Fred, can you guess the player? this was in
1: 98 no
0: it was um Derek Thomas he recorded six sacks in a 28-8 Kansas City Chiefs win over the Raiders um I think it's actually the third most ever in a season opener. I think there was one years ago that got six and a half sacks Um, but yeah I thought that was really impressive from 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 um, Chandler Jones I mean um in terms of this game, I thought it was a shock. I, I mean, everyone had Titans down to win it. most most had them down to win the division. I think look at the hype around Julio Jones, obviously, you got AJ Brown, Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill. I do think that you have to favor Titans in terms of losing. Definitely lost there. I was an offensive coordinator in um, Arthur Smith, but did they lose a the defensive coordinator as well? Am I right? Am I right in thinking this?
1: Good question. Um yeah. I'm trying to rack my brain now.
0: no, I think that. For me, I think there's lots to be said about people losing there, losing coordination. You, you see something. Mm. I mean, look at how well Tannehill did since Arthur Smith was his offensive coordinator. So I do think in terms of Tannehill, we have to worry slightly whether, I mean, albeit this could be one week, so we have to take that into account as well. But I think you, maybe there was a worry there for Titans fans. Maybe you know the defence wasn't great. It wasn't great last year either, even with Bud Dupree coming in. Um, but yeah, you, you got, you've got you also got to praise the Cardinals. You've got to praise first of all, of Murray for how he performed um, with, with, with the ball in his hands, but also throwing the ball, but also how he performed on the ground. you got to really praise that Cardinals defence, Chandler Jones especially, just really just getting that Titans defence. I don't think we saw much of Derrick Henry. I think he only got... He didn't get many yards, I don't think, in this game. So, what did you think of this game, Fred? Um, are you, yeah, I was,
1: I was actually... Sorry. Uh, sorry, I'm saying...
0: Are, are you... Encouraged by the Cardinals or, or and yeah. are you more worried about the, the Titans?
1: No, I'm very big on the Cardinals. I think, uh, they're very, and as with any of those teams in the NFC West, very unfortunate to be in the division they're in. I think you pop them in AFC East, I think they'd go win that. Well, the Bills, I don't know. they, they fight the Bills for it, certainly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, are probably in a range of the other divisions and they'd be fighting to win that league. And they could well fight to win the NFC West. I think they're just probably a little bit more behind someone like the Rams, maybe. But, um, but yeah, coming on to this game in two. Well, yeah, I actually quite fancy the Cardinals. I think, you know, it's year three Kyler Murray now. Kyler Murray's got to put up big performances because, of you know, he's shown... Heavy glimpses. He's been very good in parts, but it, now is the time. You know they've gone and got JJ Watt on the other side of the ball, who I think is fantastic. He obviously didn't do too much in this one, but they, they've gone and you know invested three years in this young quarterback who's you know, proven to be. Bear with two seconds. Sorry. No worries. Sorry, everybody's had a cat walk across <laughs> my keyboard. Um, you know who's who's sort of improving, 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 which is really, really good. And I think you look at that often, DeAndre Hopkins. You know. Um, Receiver, they've, they've got plenty of options on receiver. Um, you know, you had three going over 68 yards, and I, I know obviously, ideally, you want a couple going over 100, but it's showing you have got the ability to throw to three or four guys. that you know, Chase, even Chase Edmonds, four receptions for 43 yards, AJ Green, um, two for 25. You got five receivers averaging over 12, over 10.8 yards per reception. Um, you're showing the versatility of the options you've got. And you've got this really versatile quarterback and you didn't do too much for his feet, Murray. what he did do, his feet was good. Obviously he got a touchdown he ran, uh, carried the ball five times for 20 yards. But you know, if you, you know, if you need a 70, 80 yard game out of him with the legs, he probably can get that as well. I think it probably suited the game they wanted to play. Again, they've got options um, running the ball, haven't they? You know, two receivers going over 50. Again, those, look like reasonably average performances on paper. But again, I think there's the big argument to be made to just demonstrate the amount of options they've got. And it's a very good Titans side. Although the defence, you rightly pointed out, there are questions over that Titans defence. You know, they've got that Tyson's defence had got to prepare for so much with that Cardinal's offence. It was um, always going to be a tough day. Your point on Tanner Hill, I think, is quite an interesting one. Um, You know, he's done so much better since he got out of the Miami Dolphins. Um, That'd be interesting, actually, hypothetically, if he'd have had Flores, you know, for this length of time. And, you know, he'd say he'd had three years of um, Flores and there was no tour. If if I think he'd probably be doing similar stuff to the Dolphins now, then... Mm -hmm. He he has did for the Tysons last year. Um, Derek Henry again keeping Derek Henry down fifty eight yards is always a good doubt as a defense. I think it's a pretty well rounded Cardinal side. They've done. I was probably slightly critical of the overall recruitment in spite of the, you know the JJ Watt signing uh, defensively last year for the Cardinals, but it's been a not a slow build because probably a reasonably quick build actually the last two or three years, but they've gone about things the right way. I think it was a big performance that they needed to put in to show everyone um, (coughs) what they could do. And I think they've gone and made a statement with that win. It's a resounding win. It's not a, you know, 38, 35 and we want to shoot out. We've kept you down and we scored a lot of points as well. The Julio Jones, um, Debate obviously, you know, good friends with Robbie's a Falcons fan, and you know, nobody questions Jones' ability at any point. No Falcons fan would have questioned Jones' ability, I'm sure very few fans in the NFL questions Jones' ability, but it's his ability to stay on the pitch, I think, that probably is the biggest concern. And if you get nine or ten good games out of Julio Jones this year, I think you've done pretty well. Um, I think that would be the concern for me. Yeah I
0: mean this is my concern with the card this is why I had them so low in my preview article was that their two biggest headline signings are both players at the wrong ends of their careers and green and what but Mm -hmm. they were very impressive in this game but I'm looking at their schedule now that they got potential 3-0 start they got the Vikings next and the Jaguars but then they have the, the Rams 49ers Browns uh, and then you got Texans, then you got Green Bay, then you got 49ers, then Panthers, then Seahawks. So that is a very tough schedule for a team that finished fourth in their division last year. And they've still got to play LA again. They've got to play Colts, Dallas, Seahawks. So that is a very tough schedule. And I can't see many wins, even though they were very impressive. I think they'll beat the Texans, they'll beat Jags, Vikings, maybe Pan- Panthers, maybe one game against Rams, maybe maybe one or two games against the um people like the Bears as well, so I do, yeah, it's a very tough schedule, and I think that, it's, I don't, I can't think, well, when, you know, they were very impressive against the Titans, but can you see them beat the Rams, the 49ers, Browns, Packers?
1: My only concern with the Rams, and I've been quite honest about this, I think in general, actually, they're going to do very well, I think they'll win the NFC West, I don't have any concerns on that front, I'm going to revise this a little bit, um, is with Matt Stafford. Now I don't think we'll have any problem with Matt Stafford winning regular season games of football. I think his lack of experience in big postseason games could mean they come unstuck. Now I think you've got to ask yourself a couple of questions here. If you're a Rams fan, if you're um, if you're Stafford, maybe even in the sense of how many. Big games, really big games for the Detroit Lions as Matt Stafford gone and won. Well, he lost both his playoff previous playoff appearances for the Lions, which isn't all his fault. You can't carry one man can't carry a team, but he has had weapons at the Lions previously as well. You know, it's not as if he's been, uh, you know, yeah. one man show. Although he is better than the sum of the Rams parts, there's no doubt about that. So, you know, that if that Cardinals game. You know, say they are 3-0 and, oh, and the Rams are 3-0 and, oh, and the Cardinals are flying. You'd expect the Rams, um, Cardinals to be 3-0 oh, off the back of the first three now, having probably won the most difficult one, although the Vikings, I still think, will be a test next week. Um, you know, it's a, an early little sighter, I think, for Matt Stafford in terms of a big divisional game that you are expected to go and win, but you're also playing very tough opposition. It's a nice little early sighter for him, I think, personally. Um, 49ers again. They keep those guys on the pitch. The 49ers will be nothing but a shootout. Rams will come and set up in the way they best think to beat the Cardinals. The 49ers are going to come at you, so you're going to have to come at them back. There's no you know, no two ways about that game. And then the Browns, well, again, it's a very good ground side. So I, you know, I see your point. I mean, weeks four to six will tell you exactly where this Cardinals side at now. But I think I've got a much, in my head, I, I feel much. they've got a much better chance of winning those games now than I ever felt pre-week one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm the same as you. I mean, the one thing Stafford will have that he didn't have in Detroit, he had people like Marvin Jones, Kenny Golladay, back in the day, Calvin Johnson. But I think mm-hmm. the one thing he lacked in Detroit was a good defence behind him. And he's got exactly that in the rounds. He got probably the best, if not one of the best defenses yeah. in the whole of the league. So I think in that thing, that it wouldn't be all on him to get the points. Sometimes he can win games via Aaron Donald, via Leonard Floyd, via Ramsey, Taylor Rapp, by Darius Williams. They got these such... A big amount of defensive studs. So I do think that, you know, that will be a massive thing to wear as in Detroit. I don't think he ever had a real true defensive stud in that in that Detroit Lions team. Mm-hmm. But we now move to the other games. The <laughs> Cleveland Browns thought they had earned revenge on the Chiefs, but a late Chiefs rally saw them beat the Cleveland Browns 33-29. The Green Bay Packers suffered a shock. 38-3 loss to the um, New Orleans Saints, with James Winston throwing for five touchdowns and, shock horror, no interceptions. Also oh, um,
1: prolific. He only threw for about 152 yeah. yards.
0: That's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Just Jordan. get the job done. <laughs> yeah. How, how is he like, as he has like, now, and nowhere near as good as, you know, Chris, um, Mike Evans, Chris godwin yeah. he, He's obviously his only one game, so you've got to take that into account. But even so, he was very impressive.
1: Um, just very quickly, so I know we're passing over that game pretty quickly. But the one thing I will say is I wonder what state that Packers' dressing room is. Not just off the oh, back of losing oh, that oh. game, but Aaron Rodgers is yeah. so so talented, so so good. He's absolutely the best quarterback for the Packers. However, he moans and he moans and he moans and he kicks off pre-season. He's you know done it a couple of years now, and you can probably put up with it once. And I can I can see the argument with um, the whole Jordan Love um, draft. What I can't see is the point of what he did last season. It's an unwelcome distraction. Um, yeah, you know they've got weapons, and they they could quite conceivably with that roster go to another championship game. And all he did. Was kick off all summer, uh, all summer long, um, and I, I think he's let himself down. I think he's let that organisation down. And I just wonder if they're a bit fractured from that because that was a very poor performance. I think you know there's no shame in you know losing to a Sean Payton Saint side, even though you've got Hill and Winston and the you know Ian Booker, your three quarterbacks. I, I think, but. There is a shame in the way they lost and the way they performed. If they've lost that 38-34, then you you scratch your head a little bit, but you say, well, at least we've given it our best. I don't think they can look around that dressing room and say, we've given it our best. I think there's issues potentially in there with everything that's gone on for the last two pre-seasons. They need to rock it up the arse to sort that out.
0: Yeah, but I I, I do think that there's some encouragement that the, the Buccaneers lost by the same scoreline in their first game last year, but... I do think losing Corey Lindsley and also Bakhtiari for the first six weeks, I think that could mm-hmm. be huge. Um, but I still think their division they their wait I think they'll still find a way in terms of winning the division, because I think the division isn't great. The Vikings
1: yeah.
0: aren't great. The Bears will have fields at some point, but they're not great. And the Lions are the Lions. But um, what I'd say
1: just on the Bucks comparison is the Bucks knew the roster. It wasn't a mess. The roster was very, very talented, but it was all a mess in the Saints. So their lack of preseason last year, the lack of camp, and COVID, and all these sort of preliminary issues, and that first five or six weeks, they were trying to find themselves. You know, so many times, till Brady threw the deep ball, and people were a good two or three yards off it. You know, um, and that that grew over time. This the the Packers. Offensively, by and large, being together for yeah, well, do. you know, these these aren't. I can understand losing the game defensively to a well-coached side. I can't understand the way they performed offensively, I, you know, I just have I have my concerns there. And like you said, I think they'll win the. They definitely should win the division, even if they lose the first three yeah. games. <laughs> they should still go and win that division. But, um, but yeah, I think there's a few, a few things going on there which um, which may just be stopping them performing now they want to perform.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, before we go on to our last game review, um, the New York Giants lost 27-13 at home to the Denver Broncos before Matt Stafford beat the Chicago Bears for the 12th, 12th time in his career uh, on Sunday Night Football as the Chicago Bears lost to the uh, Rams, uh, I think, was it 34-17 or something like that? Um, but Stafford became the first callback since the 1968 season to throw for two 50-yard plus touchdown passes on his debut um, for a new team. Um so now there was an important game the one I was really looking forward to beforehand the Miami Dolphins beat the <laughs> New England Patriots 17-16 in Foxborough um touchdowns um end came from Tua Tagovailoa and um Waddle, Wardle and I believe it was um Nelson Hall that got your touchdown
1: Yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah so what were your thoughts on this game Fred
1: yeah, I mean, going into this game, I'm I'm glad overall the Patriots have gone with Matt Jones. I think that makes so much sense in terms of the future. Um, I was very surprised they released Cam Newton. I actually think actually starting Matt Jones in this one slightly weakened, even though I'm very... Up on Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones is the future, and all this sort of stuff. I think it slightly weakened their chances of beating Miami this time round because I think they're doing more scared of Cam Newton running at them and and a running a heavily running based attack from the um, the Patriots. Um, so I was uh, in my head, I was probably thinking 55, 60 Miami you know 45 40 patriots in terms of percentages not scores um pre-game yeah. um in terms of you know, I was probably leaning towards miami um my concerns were over what mac would be like and actually you know i watched a lot of him in pre-season and i think his attitude in training camp's really really good there's lots of really positive reports and there was there's no big falling out with newton or anything like that and even you know newton came out on the friday before and said what a good guy mac is so you know there's a, there was no detractors there was a lot of um a lot of people picking him up. And I i was—I thought, from his perspective, he was really, really competent. Which I know is an odd compliment to make, but it's his first NFL game against a very good defence. You know, let's not forget, Finns are a good defence. And I think, actually... There's two ways to look at this. For me, the Patriots gave away silly penalties. There was a couple of holding penalties. I mean, Mac made a 32-yard reception, um, and we had an, a, a miles away holding penalty, which was the right penalty to give against us. But that cost you. It cost us about 42 yards in total in the end. That, you know, and there was a few of those that came up, and there was a couple of fumbles. And I think the second one, you can yeah, definitely. I think yeah, Xavier Howard's a beast, isn't he? And the fact that um, you can definitely praise him for for that, I guess, really. But I think the Patriots gave that game up more than being beaten against a good, well-organised Miami side. So I think it it bodes really, really well um, from that perspective. And there's been a lot of detractors on Damien Hirst this week. I don't buy into that. I think players occasionally will fumble the ball. And he had a very, I think he had a very good breakout year last year. I think he's going to do a lot for the Patriots this year. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, was very impressive. And again, he's had a few detractors pre season uh, in terms of, well, you know, they needed really good wide receivers. Have they gone and got well, one? One haven't got a top tier wide receiver. But I do think Aguilar is going to do very, very well. I, was, I think the tight ends did a good job as well. Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry can be really pleased with um, the way they started, certainly. So, um, you know, from, from that point of view, Yes, it's disappointing to lose. And yes, I think the Patriots probably on balance did it to themselves. But Brian, we're a very good side, a very organised side, um, very well organised defence. I'm not terribly high on Tua. I think Tua mm. did a good job. I think he was reasonably competent. I don't think he was any more than that. Um, but, you know, you, you're you a very good, well set up defence um, and I think that's going to stand you in, because said, you know, any time you keep teams down to 16 points, you're really disappointed not to come away with the win. And that the overall package in terms of, well, could the Patriots have scored more than 16 points? Arguably, yes. But a lot of that was down to how well set up uh, Miami won in spite of the third and uh, third, and, Pardon me, third down conversions Mac made. It was very much a, almost a Patriots style. Um, you know, bend but don't break effort from Miami Dolphins, and I, I think on balance, they deserve the win, I think um, you know, it was a tough game for both sides first up, and yeah. both sides acquitted themselves pretty well.
0: Yeah, and I think you mentioned Diva I think, Xavier Howard, he won us that game, because I think that watching Mac Jones, it was like watching Brady at times, you look at how, hmm. how many times did they, on, on third down, it seemed like a turnover on down was inevitable, and then every time he would get that pass, that would you know, this is, it's what sort of Tom Brady as well in all his career, he'll get these he'll make third downs look so easy to convert he'll make it look really easy and i think that we allowed we allowed to run too much i think our the run defense was terrible we allowed over 100 yards for damien harris and i do feel that we i could see i could see it going the way it was going i could see it going up they were going further down the field and it was just going to go in and get a touchdown and win the game on defense but thankfully howard was there and he he won us the game with with that um forced fumble so
1: Just sorry to interrupt, that just on the Mac Jones. The other point I really loved about what Mac Jones did, Mac Jones, Mm. is that the camera cut to about a minute and a half at the end of the game, and you could see the cogs turning in the sense of how did I lose that game? And not in a disrespectful way to Miami, but he was, oh, clearly he's won the championship at Alabama, and he was sat there and he was thinking, I was, you know, 25 yards away from the goal line with three and a half minutes to go how have how have I lost that game and you could see him like he wasn't no big gesticulating no sort of you know all this looking tense and trying to look the part he was clearly so in the zone and I love that sort of attitude because you know Zamin Howe won that game like you said for the Dolphins I don't think it was you can't put that on Mac but he sat there bit of self-blame bit of thinking what's happened why have we lost this Let's go. I've, I think there was a bit of let's go again next week. We're going to, I'm going to come back better. You know, there was no big dramatics. Oh, I liked that. Sorry to interrupt there, Andy.
0: No, it's fine. I think you made a very good point. And I think Mac Jones looks so, com- so comfortable on that offence. I think it's probably why, along with Cam's vaccine status, I think this is probably a big reason why he got the starting job. Because you look at the stats here. I mean, you, you had more first downs, you had more rushing yards, more passing yards, more total yards. And um, we 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 were sacked for a lot a lot more yards than you were. Um, I mean, you had one more turnover um, and a lot more yards and penalties, um, and you had more time in possession. So I do I do feel that uh, this shows to me why you have to keep all of your best players. Because when David Howard helped and requested a trade, mm-hmm. uh, there was talk of him leaving, and then we worked on his contract. If he if he'd gone, that game would have been your you'd have won that game if he wasn't there you either mm-hmm. won that game. So I do feel uh, this is why, you know, you see a lot of people, they trade away players who are unhappy happy for draft picks. I do think if you've got a star in your team, don't let them go. Make make a way for it to work. And I think we've just proved that, that we've got Howard, how we've reworked his deal,
1: and he's here for the foreseeable. Um, he just wanted to be paid. I just get the impression he wanted to be paid. And rightly or wrongly, yeah. You know, oh, it's a yeah. short career and anything you can quite easily really injure yourself playing American football oh, <laughs> and not yeah. play again, you know, understandably. And he's he's gone out there week one and gone and proved this point. And he, you know, yeah. I don't, I didn't really think it was about wanting to leave the Dolphins for him. I think he just wanted yeah. the payday. He's got his payday and he's gone out and won that game for you in a, in a tight divisional game, um, you know, and he'll go and do that again this year.
0: Yeah, I think these kind of things will be crucial in terms of, I think, we all know the Bills, even though they lost, um the Bills um will be there. will probably win the division. And I think our game against them next week is massive if you want to win if you want to challenge for the division. But I do think in terms of the wildcard spots, this game, this these games, between us could be could be massive coming into the season. So I do think to get a win for us on the road um was massive. I think in terms of Tua, I do think that yeah, there were times where he made that awful interception throw. There were times where he looked scared of the pressure, but I think one thing he, one thing he lacked last year was throwing the deep ball, and that is one thing he showed in this game when he's put passes to um, Jalen Waddle. There was a pass which was an almost certain touchdown before for Albert Wilson in the game, which got battered away. Um, and yeah, I think he looked more confident. I think mean, that was the whole theme of his preseason. He looked far more confident in preseason, but this is his first game. He looked confident against actual starters, first teamers. Mm. Um, so I'm still, you know, I still would rather trade for Deshaun Watson, but I do. Feel that he showed me some encouragement but it wasn't mm. all the complete picture there's still always work to do but
1: i think, I think... they were too there's was, there's was a lot of things which detracted from his ability to potentially do what he may be able to do we'll find out over the next sort couple of years i guess um last year you know he obviously had a big shoulder injury missed a lot of camp when he was there his attitude wasn't great supposedly and you you know from what i've read and what i've heard um, you know, so this year, as I understand it, and I've, I've watched this with a lot of interest, it's another divisional quarterback, another young quarterback from Alabama, mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff. Um, always from Hawaii, but you know, University of Alabama. Um, you know, and is that from what I've read again, his attitude was tons, miles and miles better. And it probably helps not trying to recover from a big yeah. shoulder injury, <laughs> you know, in your yeah. Yeah. year is probably a big part of that. Let's you know, not forget he's very young. It's not as if he's a, a 29-year-old who's come around and kicked up a fuss. And, you know, I don't think it, by all means, by all, what I understand of his issues, he was more lazy, um, which could be the fact that, again, recovering from a big injury, maybe he doesn't want to put it all out there weeks after um whereas this year he's been excellent in camp and his attitude's been really good and I think for his perspective it's a really good place to be because I think it's a you know Flores is an excellent coach he's proving to be an excellent coach probably he's maybe not quite there yet but um everything he's done seems to be working and it's a you know, this point in the build, you're going to know much more than this than me. But if you're a Miami fan, you're thinking, right, what is this next level? And these two are going to get us there. And yeah, I think that running back room does need improvement. But I think everyone would say that about the Miami. Um, I don't think it's horrific, but I I do think in terms of it does need some improvement. Um, I don't know how you quite go about that at this point. Um, But, you know, these next year, two years are going to determine whether they can be serious playoff contenders and go deep into the postseason or whether it's just going to you know peter out and they're going to be uh you know 10 11 win team for the next sort of four or five years make playoffs some years and then then it all comes apart a little bit as it does with nfl yeah i mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you've got a much more different outlook now than when you had it under brady much more some fans like yourselves probably aren't used to what it's like before you had all the success so i bet it's weird for you not you know you probably obviously you must have grown up watching brady you know and you um so it must have been weird last year that first year without Brady it must have felt so strange and not actually winning games
1: <laughs> I remember when we beat you first I've got a couple of theories on Cam I think Cam is a really good guy I have no issue yeah. with Cam Newton the person nice. whatsoever from everything obviously I've watched um, the All or Nothing documentaries and he's clearly physically in a bad way with his shoulder and he worked so hard to get on that pitch And but when I saw us beat you guys first week one last year I thought we were going to be competitive this year and I think you know I was still in the mind it was an improvement Miami side, and then week two we lost very narrowly and it was a fumble about five yards yeah. out from Cam I thought we're still competitive and I think we went two and one. And then Cam's COVID and I think the issue with you know the injury he has for his shoulder is you can probably get four or five really good weeks of football out of Cam and a row. I don't doubt that you can. I think the problem with like big shoulder tendon injury um, is one of those things which tires and tires and tires and it's a gradual breakdown in terms of your ability to perform at the highest level which is what you need if you're going to be trying to win games of football and I think that's where you know that's the issue we didn't have the arm in the end
0: yeah and I think for him I think that what he's best at was running with the ball and what we're bad at is stopping the run so I think that game is probably perfect for him that first week um Mm. In terms of, I think we are a lucky team as you guys, that the AFC is so much more stacked than the NFC. I mean, you've got off mm-hmm. to the NFC West, but look at the Bears getting eight wins last year, getting in, whereas we got ten wins and didn't make it. Um, so I do think that in terms of we're going to struggle in terms of there's so many good teams in the AFC. Look at the Browns, the Bills, the obviously the Chiefs. You've got even the Chargers are up there now. You've got the, you know, the, uh, the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens. You've got the the Colts, the Titans, so many good teams in this AFC, I think we're going to have to really just um, probably have 11 wins just to be sure, and even then, of making the playoffs. So, um, I think we're very well coached, and I do think that our defence will win this games, but I think for me, the jury's still out on Tua, and I do think that I still think if we struggle this year with Tua, the Sean Watson's still available, we'll go and get him. I, I personally think that's what, I mean, I, I, I love watching Watson. On his day, he's one of my favourite callbacks to watch. So, as long as he's, you know, as long as this stuff isn't true, um, what he's done, then I'm I'm all for him coming in. But at the same time, I think we need we need to give to a one more season, give him a chance to really show. Now with a full preseason, what he can do.
1: Um, One of the biggest issues with Tua is the fact Miami fans, not yourself, but a lot of Miami fans blow him up so much. Yeah. You know, they're putting on such a platform. And I haven't seen that with Jags fans and Lawrence. And I think there's justifiable reasons for doing so. I haven't seen Jets fans do it with Wilson. I've seen Bears fans do it with Fields. I think again, yeah. certain fan bases which seem to pile lots and lots of pressure um on these, you know, these young quarterbacks. And it's it sort of in a way, and you've got to be a certain type of character to ride that wave and do really well with it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, whenever I... I mean, I've been to, like... I went to a Dolphins fan meet-up in the UK and I've, I've talked to Dolphins fans and I've always said to them, like, on what basis are you... people say, oh, two is going to be the guy. But I've always said, on what basis? I mean, everyone's comparing, our oh, looking is Alabama tape, but that's Alabama. That's got you know, mm. the best programme in arguing the whole college football. And I think that it's a big step to go from NFL, from college level to the NFL. And I do think that um, I, I think personally, I think people are putting too much on his Alabama days and putting too much on the injury where really, but really is about what he does in the NFL. But we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Cause Mac, Mac Jones are good and he's Alabama. So it, it just depends how he does this year. Cause I think that he's yeah. got, he's got, he's got actual good offensive weapons. Now he's got a good offensive, he's got a good offensive program. Um but I just think now this is this is his year to prove that yeah he is he is the guy. Um, yeah, and I
1: think you just finish off on college football. I mean you look at the old Mayfield Mahomes games and they were like, you know, sixty five points aside almost. Yeah. <laughs> and they're great, yeah. they are great quarter, they're really good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks, but you know, they're not putting up sixty five points in you know, in the yeah, yeah. games, are they? You know, sort of you gotta take a bit off uh, for the fact that the defensive players are going to be a ton better.
0: Yeah, because I think is that it was only like 3% of college players actually make the NFL or something like mm-hmm. that. Is there something like that? So I think that shows that, you know, we see these people, you know, especially when they play these defences, like these teams that are not in like the, don't make the playoffs, don't make the, I've what the term is now when you get to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of these people don't actually make the NFL. So I do think that a lot of these college tapes can be a bit fraudulent because they're actually playing against players who aren't going to actually play professionally. So um but we'll see on two, we'll see. But that does wrap up our podcast for this week. Before we go, I want to get from you, Fred, your play of the week and your play of the week.
1: Well, play of the week. My play of the week, i be very biased and I'm not going to go easy, Mac Jones, um, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah, I just—I uh, mean, I, I've tried. I've—I think I've remained unbiased in a lot of what I've done. But today, I just have to just because yeah. um, I'm very pleased <laughs> with that. I'm very pleased for him. Um, my player of the week, Carla Murray, without a shadow of mm. doubt. I think it was excellent. I think there was, you know, completion percentage slightly down, but in the big plays, he was—he was brilliant against a very good Tyson side. Um, he's got to put up this year, and he's gone put up week one against a very good side. So he's my player of the week. How about you, Andy?
0: Um, My player of the week is Chandler Jones. Um, For all the things i said before about his five sacks and really getting that exciting Mm. Titans offense. But my player of the week is um, Matt Stafford's first throw in a Rams jersey. When I was watching that game, I often watch um, Sunday night games. I record it and watch it in the mornings to get some sleep. And uh, I remember watching that at 9 in the morning, 10 in the morning, not knowing the result. And I remember literally... I was already going into the season quite excited over how Stafford were doing in Rams Jersey with Sean McVay and how much I rate him um, and did that first throw, literally, he bombs it 50-odd yards um, to, was it Van Jefferson? And I think it was just... Mm-hmm. I loved the whole reaction afterwards when you saw Stafford running up and you saw all the players get... I, I just thought it was an amazing, amazing... Obviously, amazing experience, but also as well, it was their first game as well on SoFi Stadium with fans, like full set of fans, so I think... The whole stadium just looked incredible. I mean, Jamar Chase's touchdown was also equally exciting because of the, the way there was at the stadium atmosphere. But I think just the way, you know, the, the throw he made, the atmosphere with the fans, the players and Sean McVeigh, I think it was just all around just a very exciting exciting play. Um, but yeah, that does conclude our podcast. Hopefully next week I'll be talking about uh, Dolphins being 2-0, more likely 1-1. Um, and, good, and good luck. Are you playing the Jets this week? Is it playing We are, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah Zach Jets so um <laughs> we should I think either which way whoever is at quarterback we should go and beat the Jets I think um the way to do that is just pile loads of pressure on that the Jets O-line which uh, mm. still looks to be like as strong as a pack of cards in the wind. I guess so yeah, yeah.
0: especially with their best lineman gone Bukai Beckton potentially as mm-hmm. well so yeah I think we'll both be one and one by the end of by this time next week but <laughs> thank you but thank you for being on the podcast Fred it was a pleasure once again And we'll um, look forward to seeing you soon. So take care. Thanks for
1: having me, Andy. Cheers. Thank you.
0: No problem. All the best.